All right, Joshua chapter number five, Joshua chapter number five tonight, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed all the music, uh, as we always do, and a lot of work goes into uh, our music program, and I appreciate all of the uh, work and the sacrifice of their time uh, that goes into that. Uh, we do have talented people in our music program, but they certainly uh, work uh, hard as well. Not all of them uh, can just do as I could do, just get up and sing, um, uh, and uh, they have to work at it. I didn't say it sounded good when I got up and sang, but uh, I do appreciate our, appreciate our music and one of the highlights of our services. Uh, Joshua chapter number five, I'm going to do my, my best to move very quickly through the message tonight. We have a busy week ahead of us, and uh, for those of you that keep up with this, uh, it is also Game Five of the World Series tonight, and so uh, uh, no. But I do want to, I do I don't want to keep you too long uh, because we do have a full uh, week. But I want to get uh, a truth across uh, that the Lord has uh, impressed upon my heart tonight. Uh, we're going to look at the end of Joshua chapter number five, beginning with verse thirteen. And if you remember, recall from this morning, we brought our message from Joshua chapter number six. So not spend a lot of time reminding you where we are in the history of God's people. Joshua has taken the leadership from Moses. He's leading them into the promised land. And there's going to be a lot of battles that they're going to have to fight that God has already said, you just fight it, I'll give you the victory. And that's something we need to be reminded of. Uh, we don't ever win a battle that we don't fight. But as a child of God, if it's a battle that he Push, he, he leads us into, it's one that he's already going to give the victory. <clears throat> so as they're going to prepare to go into, uh, the, defeat the city of Jericho and beyond, <clears throat> there's, some, there's an important truth I want us to see uh, that leads to that, beginning in verse number 13 of Joshua chapter number 5. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, they lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Uh, an interesting uh, tidbit about Joshua, and I think it's a good lesson. It's not, it doesn't tie in with the message tonight, but just, this is an observation I made from studying the book of Joshua. Joshua was a man who took the time. He got, you notice the scripture. He got up early. He spent time by himself, spent time with God. And there's a great truth to the secret of Joshua being the man he was because he was willing to do so. We find one of those occasions when Joshua is by himself, they're getting ready to go and siege the city of Jericho, and he sees one with a sword drawn, and when he approaches him, he realizes, I believe this is an Old Testament appearing of the Son of God. And an interesting encounter here, one that I want us to see, and I think it can be a help to us tonight as I speak on this subject, just three words, in his presence, in his presence. It is a wonderful thing to be in the presence of God. 
I don't know if you've ever had those occasions in your life, uh, not necessarily at what we would, what the world would call a holy place, but where you just felt like you were in the presence of God. I hope you feel that way after you come to church on Sunday, that you've been in His presence. I'm talking about private times where you've been with God and God has done something in your heart. Uh, you've been in His presence. There's something to that. It ought to be something that every one of us desire to be in His presence. But when we're in His presence, I, I'm going to show some things tonight from this passage that take place in our life. You cannot be in the presence of God and have it not affect you. To be in His presence, it's going to affect you. And so there's some very positive, quite frankly, vital things that we're going to see tonight that the Christian needs to take place in their life, but it's only going to come about if we enter into His presence. A lot of times we, generally speaking, as Christians say, well, I want, I want to experience this. I want to, I want to feel this. I want to know that God's presence is real. Well, you've got to be looking for it. Uh, you've got to put yourself in the place to, to, to be in His presence, and then some things will take place in your life that can only take place in your life by being in His presence. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray tonight that you'll use the message to encourage us, to challenge us, and Father, may we have a stronger desire to be in your presence. Uh, may the, us being in your presence, may there be evidence of that in our life. Uh, may the change take place in our life that we need. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua is an interesting Bible character to me. He's a great Bible character. We find this interesting story. What an experience. Uh, what an opportunity Joshua had. And I find it interesting that as Joshua appears in the presence of, of the Son of God, he appears in the presence of this uh, uh, angel who has his sword drawn, uh, I notice right away that Joshua has this experience because Joshua was doing the will of God. There are a lot of people and even Christians who talk about, I want to just be in his presence, I want God to change me, uh, but yet they're not interested in doing the will of God. Let me remind all of us tonight, the presence of God is found on the journey of doing the will of God. You cannot be going the opposite direction of God and then look at God and say, how can we never do anything in my life? Uh, how many Christians could have been helped today just by being in the house of God? Uh, well, I want to just be in His presence. I'm just going to wait till I'm in His presence. Well, I'm thankful that God can find us anywhere we are. I'm thankful that God will work in our heart and life anywhere we go. I'm thankful for that. Uh, but if you really want to be in His presence and have some of these things take place that I'm going to bring out tonight, it comes on the pathway of doing the will of God. Um, we ought to long for the change that takes place in our life by being in His presence, more than just being able to say, I know that I was in His presence. Uh, let me expound on that just a, for just a moment. A lot, of, a lot of times we as Christians look for an experience. And, oh man, wouldn't that, well, that's, that, that song got me going. And I'm thankful that there's the right kind of stirring. And by the way, it's the stirring that goes on on the inside, not the flesh that's on the outside that ought to take place uh, with the music. I'm thankful that the Lord has spoken and can speak to us through Christ-honoring music. 
I'm thankful for those times in services like this when I actually felt like it was just me and the Holy Spirit as God did a work in my heart. I'm thankful for times when I was like, God, thank you for that blessing. Thank you for that. I believe you did that just for me. I've gotten in the habit. I, I, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I've got anybody lately around here, some of the, the, the sunsets, some of the skies have just been, been amazing. And for those of you who don't, don't know, there's sunrises too. And, uh, and those can be pretty uh, spectacular as well. And I've just gotten in the habit of lately as I'm driving along and I see that and I just say, thank you, Lord. You did that for me. And just so you know, if you get to experience that, God didn't do that for you. He did that just for me. You know, it's okay to think that God would do something like that just so we can enjoy it. Because that's why he did it. So we can enjoy it. Uh, but you know what? I don't want to just be able to say, well, I, I knew God was there, and I know his presence was there. What change took place in my life? And many of you will be able to relate with this tonight because there's times you've been in his presence, and these changes took place. So I want to very quickly, by way of introduction, just, just remind us that Joshua ended up in this situation in his presence because he was serving because he was doing the will of God for his life. I believe Christians could have more times, more opportunities, more, and I hate to use the word experience because that, that's been so mischaracterized, of being in the presence of God where God does a life-changing work if they were doing the will of God. Let me say it like this. You do the will of God before you feel like doing the will of God. You serve God even when you don't feel like serving God. Well, when God changes me, then I'll serve. That's, you won't find that in the Bible. You won't find it in the Bible. You're to serve, and along the way of service, God will change you. Uh, well, when I get all the knowledge I need to serve, when I get everything that I need in my life, then I'm... No, that's not what the Bible teaches. It teaches that you serve, and then God will do the work in your life. Let me point out a few things here that I see that take place in, in this story that I believe will take place in the life of a Christian when we enter into his presence. And before I do, let me just say one more time. Do you want to be in his presence? Do you long to be in his presence? We need to be in his presence. I'm thankful that every day I can be in his presence. Every day I can spend time with him. Let me, let me make a few statements tonight. Number one, his presence determines your standing. His presence determines your standing. Now, let's look at verse 13, and I'll explain what I mean by that. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, they lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Now, if you were Joshua, that would get your attention. That, this lets you know the kind of man Joshua was, the courage he has, because he sees a man with a sword drawn, and he, he didn't go the other way. He approaches him. And look at the question that he asked him. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? He sees this one with a sword drawn. He says, I want to know, are you on our side or are you on the enemy's side? And look at verse 14. And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. Hold up, Joshua. I'm not here to determine if I'm on your side. You need, I'm going to show you because of who I am, whose side you need to be on. 
and we have a tendency in life to judge everything by who's on our side. And we don't tonight need to determine, are we all on the same side because it's our side? I want to be on the Lord's side. And when you're in his presence, it puts you, it shows your standing. Now, first of all, when you compare yourself to the Son of God, you know very quickly that you don't measure up. And the only way that we can truly enter into the presence of God is through the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a saved person, it is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, you know, I remind us of this all the time. This world has gotten to be so wicked. The world's always been wicked. But now we're, I think we're, we're, very, we're, we're more aware of it because of the electronic age we live in. Uh, wickedness is more bold in their stand and in their uh, work, so we're more aware of it. Uh, don't compare yourself to a wicked world. Sometimes you can start feeling a lot, but a lot, you can feel good about yourself in ways that you probably shouldn't feel good about yourself when you set the wrong standard. But I tell you what happens is we can, we can get ourselves a little puffed up with pride about how good we're doing, but enter into his presence and we'll be reminded of our standing. We live to be on his side. Uh, and, and by the way, don't treat this book as something to try that you can try and manipulate to your position. Uh, you, you know the illustration I'm going to use. Don't be a loophole Christian. Sometimes there's some Christians that only study this book to find the loopholes of why they don't have to do certain things or how they can they do certain things. Uh, allow this book to change you. Allow this book. Uh, this book is, you know, this book is honest. You know, sometimes I, you know, I'm 46 now. I've been working Lost a little weight this, this year. Am I looking good so far? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I, I've got a little ways to go. And sometimes I, I walk around and I feel pretty good about myself. But then I look in the mirror. You know, that mirror gives a very honest evaluation of how you're doing. Uh, you, can, you can be around your face. How do I look? Oh, you look great. How, how, how are you doing? Oh, you look magnificent. Well, that mirror don't lie. It gives an honest evaluation of how you're really doing. Um, that's why we look at it. Oh, well, that's why we should look at it in the morning before we leave the house. Because it shows us how we really are. And it would help some of us if we would look at the mirror before we left the house. The Bible is that mirror that shows us how we really are. When we're in His presence, it determines our standing. Uh, art thou for us or for our adversaries? Uh, I'm here, but as captain of the host. I am leading this army, Joshua, not you. I am the captain. This is my battle. So, his presence determines his standing. Number two, his presence humbles you. His presence humbles you. Look at verse 14. He said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. What was Joshua's response? Let's keep reading. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? What was the first thing Joshua did? He fell on his face 
before his Lord. He humbled himself in the presence of God. You know, we as men, we as flesh, we all have some of the same tendencies. One of them is to think more highly of ourselves than we should. Pride is an issue for every man. A casual study of Scripture will bring to your attention how many times God warns of pride. How many men have fallen because of their own pride. But when in His presence, Joshua fell on his face because he was in the presence of the Holy One. That's not a bad thing for you and I to be humbled. It's not a bad thing for you and I to keep our pride in check. Let me tell you the best way to stay humble. The best way. I don't, I don't think anyone, any child of God, I don't think anybody, if we're honest, I, we use that term Pharisee, I don't think anybody has an appreciation for those who look down their nose at other people. And by the way, let me just bring that up since I brought it up. Let me just give a warning to all of us. Don't look down your nose at somebody else. Uh, don't put yourself in the seat of judgment on anybody else. First of all, you don't know what's going on in everybody else's life. And second of all, you ain't God. And God doesn't need any help. Uh, that's free. It has nothing to do with Joshua. Um, but he was humbled in the presence of God. He was humbled just by being in his... You don't want to keep your, your, your pride in check. This is how you can tell when a Christian is not spending time with God that they should be. They are full of themselves. They are full of themselves. I don't need God. Well, get in His presence, and you'll be reminded of, his sta- of your standing. Well, well, I, I just don't. I just don't think that that applies to me. Get in His presence, and you'll 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 realize how much you need Him. Oh, because none of us compare to our God. None of us measure up to our God. His presence humbled him. Joshua fell on his face. You know what would you know what would help us have revival in our nation? if we'd humble ourselves. We don't have revival because, generally speaking, we don't think we need God. And I may touch a sensitive subject among the brethren, but we think we can vote revival in. We, we think we can, through a political revolution, get revival. Oh, no, we can vote and keep our freedoms we, through politics, we can keep our freedoms, and we should, but you can't vote revival in. God has got to grant it. Why won't God says He'll grant it? We've got to humble ourselves. Why don't we humble ourselves? Because we're not in His presence like we should be. We don't enter into His presence as often as we should. We don't come before Him and have our standing because. We think because we're better than somebody else, or we think that we don't have what somebody else's issue is, and, or we just don't really see ourselves as we should see ourselves as a sinner who can do nothing for themselves. But when we enter in His presence, it puts us in the proper perspective. We're not as mighty as we think we are. He is the one who is mighty. And what we ought to do is humble ourselves and say, I'm at your service. I want to be changed by you. 
I wanted just to be in your presence is a humbling thing. Do you realize that just to open this book and the price that's been paid for us to have the Word of God, it's a humbling thing to open the Bible? It's a humbling, it ought to be a humbling thing to enter into your prayer closet and spend time with God praying to Him. But a lot of times we don't pray because we'd have to humble ourselves to pray because we know there's some things that should not be in our life. In His presence, He was humbled. Joshua was the leader of God's people. Joshua was a great warrior. But it took him that long to realize when he was in God's presence. He, had to hum- he, would- he gladly humbled himself. And we get on our face before God and say, God, I need you. God, I've got to have you. God, just to be in your presence, it reminds me of what I really am. Reminds me of who I am, number three. I want you to use your mind and think for just a moment as we look at number three and number four tonight. Number three, his presence will quiet you. Quite frankly, there's a lot of Christians who can't hear from God because they're too busy talking. They can't hear what God has to say because they're just too busy for God. And Sometimes we can get even too busy in ministry to hear from God. We ought to be busy doing the work of God. Every Christian ought to be busy serving God. Every Christian. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to be this week. This is perfect timing. This point for this week. We're going to be busy serving. But sometimes you've got to be quieted so that you can hear what God has to say. And notice with me in verse 14. He said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth <coughs> and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? He was ready to listen because he was in his presence and he was, qui- he, he was quieted. I don't, I don't know, sometimes you listen you, you, as a parent or if you have a... Uh, sometimes maybe even teachers is this way, and I know this, this has been this way as a parent when your children are little, that they, they ask you questions and, and, and you have an answer for them, but they don't breathe long enough for you to answer their question. And, th- this is the, and then they ask it a different way, and this is the way. And sometimes you want to say, if you'll stop for just a moment, I'll give you your answer. I wonder if that ever happens with us as a child of God with God. If you'll stop for just a minute, I've got an answer for you. If you'll just be quiet for just a moment and just just realize that you're in my presence, there'll be instructions for you. God is going to give him instructions, but he fell on his face and he did worship. I am so thankful, so thankful that I can get on my face and I can go to God and say, God, I've got some needs. I I need you to do this. I need you to grant this. I need you to intercede. Some of the sweetest fellowship I have with my God is me letting my requests be known to Him. And by the way, you pray will remind you of your dependence on your God. 
Can I just say, God likes to be dependent on. He likes for us to depend on Him because it's a humbling thing to say, God, I can't, this can't take place unless you do it for me. I said it's some of the sweetest times of fellowship with my God is being, making my request. But it's a little bit sweeter just to go to my knees and talk to my God and not ask Him for a thing. But just worship Him. Thank Him. Praise Him. Acknowledge Him for who He is. I believe prayer is a great thing missing in the life of Christians. But I believe this aspect of prayer is an even greater thing missing because when we are compelled to pray, it's because we're reminded of a need that we have that only God can give us. I wonder what would happen in, in our lives if we realized we are in His presence and we just stopped. He said, I've just got to worship Him. And by the way, that word has been hijacked by the emergent contemporary movement, bringing in a rock band, painting the ceiling black, and getting your jam on for Jesus is not worship. It's blasphemy. Worship comes we, as we sung praises to Him tonight. I believe that's worship. But I believe what's missing out of the life of the Christian is that private moments when God just stops you. And a lot of times, it's been my experience, they come when they're not, you're not expecting them. And you just got to stop and say, God, I need to talk to you. God, thank you. God, pray, I praise you. Oh, God, you're so good to me. And, I, 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 you know, God likes to hear that you love him too. God likes to hear that you're, you're appreciative of him. We find this time where his, his presence just quieted him. He quieted his soul, quieted his spirit. We need that in our life to be in His presence. And number four, verse 15, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. His presence will give you focus. We don't realize how good we have it. I think that's true of all of us. I think we're grateful people. I really believe that. But even in our gratitude is a really a way for us to really comprehend how good God has been to us. And I think sometimes it's good for us just to be reminded of where we are, what God has done for us. You think about this. Joshua was on a holy ground. It refocused him and reminded him, Joshua, take those shoes off. Remember, they're going into the promised land. What God has promised them he would do. The land that he would give them. That in itself is sacred. That in itself is holy for a holy and almighty God to do anything for us is pretty special. When we enter into the presence of God, we need to have our focus and be reminded 
of what the opportunity God has given us. Let me, let me use our church as an illustration. Time after time after time after time, week after week, God meets with us, God blesses us, this, the Word of God ministers to us, and we leave and we're ready to face whatever it is that God brings our way because of what He has done with us. How many of us could testify tonight that in a service just like this one, on a Sunday just like this one, it was unplanned, it was unknown, it was going to happen, but God spoke to our heart, God changed our life, and God did a work, it was real in our heart, and we were the only one in His presence, and that's that's a pretty special time. There's some of you have been saved at an altar just like this altar. Friend, that's holy ground. Uh, you ought to you get, get the focus as it is. And oh, when God ministers to your spirit and, and you don't know how you're going to get through and you don't know if you're going to make it another day. And Lord, I, I need you to intervene. And when God does his work and he just calms you as you read through those Psalms and you see those promises and those same things that he promised David, those same promises are true for you. Or you read about the, 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 the church in the, in the New Testament, how God provided it. That just calms you and it reminds you, look at what God is doing. Look at what God is doing amongst us. This is not just going in and out of a church building. This is holy ground as we enter into the presence of God. That prayer closet that is stuck in the corner in your home is not just a closet, not just a space. It is where you enter the presence of God. God, it's a special place, and sometimes we just need our focus changed to remind us that any time we enter into His presence, it's holy ground. Anytime He speaks to us, it's a big deal. We're blessed. How many times does God work in our life. For decades, the Word of God has been preached from behind this pulpit. Our children hear a Sunday school lesson from the Bible week in and week out. Many of you, you've the two groups that sang this morning, the, the ladies group that ran off of the sides of the platform this morning because of how large it was, and then the men's group tonight um, all of those represent alumni, those that have grown up here. Uh, how many times have they heard the Bible? Well, you're seeing all the, on the side note, all the little age discrepancies too in there. Some of you I'm going to keep in there long enough to sing with your kids one day. We'll see how that goes. How many Bible lessons have been prepared in those lives how many times has God, just in the ones that, that, that I'm referring to, has God interceded? That's some special things. That's holy ground. Sometimes we just need our focus. We say, well, God, when is God going to move? He's moving all the time. When is God going to? Oh, He's working all the time. But every once in a while, he makes himself a little more visible than at other times. And we can have the change in our life that we need. How does it come? It comes because we're in his presence. Child of God, do you long 
to be in His presence? I trust that you do. And sometimes our flesh fights the things that we know that we should do. Boy, our submission to Him and being in His presence, it keeps us focused. Sometimes, I can tell you, sometimes, and, and part of us is the way I'm wired, and some of us just, 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 just getting sidetracked. I tell you, sometimes God's got to quiet me. He's got to quiet my mind. He's got to quiet my spirit. He's got to say, just stop. Stop and be in my presence. Stop and let me refocus you. Friend, any time that we can spend in his presence is good time. Is good time. It's a humbling time. It's, 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 it's a reminder of who he is. Let's allow the, the word of God to help us tonight. Father.